0: we have breaking news let's get right to it the past 24 hours we've seen 34 new cases of covid-19 here in utah breaking news out of utah a magnitude 5.7 earthquake hitting just after 7 a.m local time about 10 miles west of salt lake city and we need 100 to one hundred fifty thousand
1: tests today hey what's going on everyone it's your man dread the number one chief rocket welcome back to iso 20 Podcast. Thank you for clicking play. Uh, today we have a little bit of a kind of a different format on this one. I had my man uh DJ Battleship come through and uh get on the get on the phone with me. Um the reason why I had him get on the phone with me today is because my man had he was diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh he was diagnosed with the Rona really early um in March when he when he had the Rona. Um, and I just, I just really came across him on uh, social media. I think it was on Instagram or Facebook or something, and I seen that he had been broken up in his local town. That uh, you know, he self quarantining because he had the Rona. So I, one, I've never I, nobody that I know has had it. Nobody that um, I know that know somebody else has expressed that they've had it or or expressed that they. Have went through it or anything like that so bottom line is i don't know anybody that has faced this thing head on so when he said that he had i was like i gotta talk to this man i gotta talk to him plus honestly i haven't talked to him in a while so i wanted to check up on him the last thing i wanted to do is have this this moment pass by and who knows he might he might get it again or something and and you know i could have been like man like i didn't even get the chance to say you know, I'm glad to hear that he's doing good or whatever, you know. So um, I hit him up and I was like, yo, do you, one, how are you feeling? You know, he was telling me that he was feeling good and um, he said that, I asked him, I said, do you, would you be willing to come on my podcast and kind of tell your story? Because I think that it's important to know uh, and hear from people that have actually went through this virus, right? Because we hear a lot of professionals, we hear a lot of um, people that haven't really went through it, they're just going over what other people went through. So to actually have a first, um, uh, 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 a response or an idea from somebody that actually went through it, this, this was, um, really cool to have and not really cool in the sense of it's cool that I, I got, I got somebody with COVID to talk about it, but, um, really cool to see, uh, what he's done. To help prevent it spreading um, Some of the Things that he Turned down as a DJ Last minute That kind of put him in a weird position And the cool thing from his clients There's a lot of cool pieces In this story in this conversation That I just had with him So uh, I, I'm going to shut up now You know we're already three minutes in I'm going to shut up I'm going to let you guys listen to this conversation And I will see you guys on the next one. Take care. I guess we should start off by by introducing you. Uh, I got my man Cruz Martinez, aka DJ Battleship. <laughs> one of the the one of the top DJs in uh, in the state. Man, you got a bunch of accolades and things like that. Um, I recently seen. I don't even know how I came across it. I think it was on uh, your Battleship page, and just you were talking about a, an article or something, and and talking about COVID, so I was like, what the hell, no way, out of everybody that I know, Cruz got, ended up with the COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, unfortunately, and fortunately, I do work with a lot of uh, high-profile celebrities and politicians, and I'm kind of like a little bit in that sector, a little bit here and there with those private parties and everything like that, so... Um, even DJing in Park City, even if you have like a little gig somewhere, you know, you come across people who travel frequently. And um, that's kind of what it kind of came from was uh, somebody who actually traveled from out of the country to Utah and, you know, obviously, you know, community transmission. So.
1: So how do you know who it came from or where it came from?
0: I'm not sure about that, about who, how it came from, or who it came from. But we did have two cases in Park City. Uh Prior to like when I got infected and they were from people who were like uh, from out of out, like they, they, they were they were I, I guess what you would say visitors like so they were visiting from other parts of the country maybe other parts of the world and then uh, people in Park City kind of started getting sick or whatever but a guy came up to me um, he was very sick and I was DJing. And he came up to me and he was coughing and sneezing. And he just did not look like he should be anywhere.
1: Oh, man. And
0: he came up to me and just told me I'm a great DJ and wanted to shoot my hand. and just got like hella close to me. And I was just like, oh, my, my good God. And (laughs) it was kind of funny because I actually had a friend out in in, uh, Japan who contracted uh, coronavirus. And so I kind of knew like what the symptoms were. I was talking to him a little bit here and there. And so, you know, a little bit after that, you know what I mean? I was always kind of cautious about what would happen. Uh, what would happen if I were to get the symptoms, you know, like what to expect. And for the most part, like mine and that guy's symptoms were pretty much the same. You know what I mean? So we both had the same kind of like, um, trajectory. He's like, he he told me, especially he's like, if it's, if it feels like a little cold, he's like, just stay the fuck home. And I was like, okay. And so I did and sure as shit, like I started getting a fever, you know, everything else kind of fall through with that, but pretty much like that one, that one guy, um, was very sick, and I'm not saying that it was him or you know not, but like that's the one person that came up to me that was like visibly not not well, and I could tell it was like you know like oh man like I better I better stay away from this guy. But
1: what so a compliment! Um, what a what a way to get a compliment! Hey, you're yeah. a great DJ, and here here's COVID with that as well. Yeah, what, yeah on the side of yeah. COVID.
0: It, was, it was not fun. So,
1: was he requesting a song?
0: No, um, oh. I uh, I usually don't get that many requests, to be honest. And so it's kind of like uh, very rare that, you know, um, somebody will come up to request a song, you know. Um, most of the time I just, uh, I'm playing and the people like want to come up and like watch what I'm doing really closely. Yeah. Uh, they they want to, you know, like uh, uh, buy me a drink or something or obviously exchange uh, uh, compliments or whatever. And so, um when he came up, like, you know, I, I kind of knew that he wasn't requesting a song. He, he he looked a little happy. He's kind of bouncing around. He did look sick, too. But, like, you know, he just came up and, you know, just pretty much just came up to me. And he was just like, oh, 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 oh man, He's like, you're doing so good. Oh, and, I, I, and I was just like, okay. But for him, he didn't look like he was that bad. I mean, I, 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 I obviously got it, like, a lot worse than he did, you know. But then again, like, I don't know if he gave it to me or not. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. it's an
1: interesting thing man like the whole coronavirus the the covet 19 is a it's a really interesting thing what were some of the symptoms that you experienced
0: uh so the first symptom i experienced was like you know um i was just sneezing a lot and uh they like that's that's kind of like what my friend told me in japan he was just like yeah i start sneezing a lot so i started sneezing a lot and i, I i'm like i'm the kind of guy that like never sneezes at all. Yeah, I mean, I see people like light it up sometimes, and they just can't stop sneezing. And yeah, I was like doing that, like I would sneeze once and then like four of the times after that. And I was like, Jesus, like, what is this, you know, and I was like, Am I getting allergies or something? And then on top of that, like, uh, the beginning symptoms were kind of like, my nervous system, um, kind of went through a, uh, a thing too. So there was like a very strange feeling. Like, I mean, I'm a very muscle memory kind of guy. I'm very articulate, like, with a lot of things with cooking, you know, DJing. Um, And so I noticed that there was, like, a little bit of a discrepancy, a little bit of a a lacking in my movements in my hands and my, my fingers. And I've never had that from any kind of a flu or anything like that before. But my nervous system definitely was, like, I would tremble. Like, I would shake a little bit here and there. And I was just like, that's kind of strange. And, you know, I would start having this, you know, cold going on. Um, so the beginning was just like a common cold, but then again, there was like a little bit of like, you know, of a dark side to it that I was kind of a little bit worried about, obviously.
1: Yeah, man. Did you hear about it before you got your symptoms? Like, were you aware of COVID? Cause you got it pretty early, right?
0: Yeah, I did get it pretty early. Um, I think I was like one of the first 1000, 2000 people in the United States to actually contract the virus. Um, and it was, uh, it was pretty early on when I actually heard about it. Um, I think it was like when I was leaving LA on December, uh, 15th, not, no, I was, I was leaving. So I left, I left LA 15th and I came back. Well, I left LA on the 15th and then I was driving down and I think it was like a little bit like either, like, I think it was like a little bit like after new years, I started hearing about stories and that. So I mistake that cause of Christmas. And so, yeah, it was a little bit after Christmas and I had DJ at bar X, um, and then, yeah, I think it was, so I DJed up RX on New Year's and then so like after that, I started hearing um, a little bit about it here and there uh, just because I was like, uh, I, it's the strangest thing. Um, and this is gonna sound really fucking weird, but like I had a, there was a girl I was dating in high school. Uh, she gave me this book um, called uh, The Hot Zone. It's by uh, Richard Preston. And it's about the, the Ebola virus in, in, uh, in Africa, kind of like going around the world how they stopped it, you know, a little bit about viruses and how they work and everything. And so I've always kind of like read like medical journals and like little books on like, you know, uh, fiction and, you know, a little bit, you know, like uh, biographies on, on you know, uh, in the medical field. And so I was very kind of like aware of like what was going on. And I, I find that kind of stuff interesting, uh, to say the least, you know what I mean? I, I, I've always, you know, kind of kept up, kept up with those things. And so I was actually pretty well versed in, in, in what happens with coronavirus. Even before I got it, and so I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is what's going on, this is what's happening. It's a new virus. Obviously, symptoms and like how it gets, you know, you know, from person to person is kind of like not known yet. You know what I mean? So there was a lot that was like kind of like a gray area because it was such a new virus, but it was spreading so quickly.
1: That's nuts, man. Yeah. So knowing that you've had you had so you had a gig at Bar X, and then you had the Park City gig. So. Um, and you think that you got it from the Park City gig? Was it? Yeah. Was there anything after that, or did you kind of uh, self quarantine at that at that point?
0: I had a private event in Salt Lake for about 800 people.
1: Oh um, shit!
0: Following that, uh, so I had a private event. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about it because, um, obviously, like I don't want to like make it seem like I was like trying to play gigs or anything like that. But yeah. this is before this is before everybody shut everything down. And so that following week, like, I think it was like the 13th or 14th, maybe the 12th, I had a private gig in Salt Lake, it was about 800 people. And then I had uh, Park City gigs uh, that Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And that's about like uh, 2,000 or 3,000 people all together. So maybe about like 5,000 people um, with all the gigs going on. And so I uh, started feeling those symptoms and then I talked to my friend in Japan. I'm like, this is is what's going on. should i i should i cancel these gigs he's like i would i would definitely play it safe you know and cancel those gigs you don't want to give this to anybody else if you do have it and i just had like a common cold but it seemed like you know what i mean and i actually kind of felt like i was getting better you know i was like oh hey you know i kind of feel like i you know might be able to play these gigs you know and i was you know actually going to show up to one the next day or whatever yeah and so out of just weird fucking i don't know like i just I just pulled the plug on them. I just told them, I said, like, I, I called the guys and I was just, they were, they were really mad at me, but obviously they were like forgiving afterwards, you know? Yeah. But they were like, um, how could you do this? You know, why would you do this? And all this stuff. And, but my job in park city, the place I played up there in the cantina, they were very understanding and they actually shut down the entire club, uh, for the weekend. Uh, they weren't going to take any DJs in anything like that. They were just like, I, cause the owner actually told me, he's like, I think this is going to be, a big event. I think that you need to go get tested so that we all know that we're okay or not, or whether or not we should quarantine. And so those gigs, you know what I mean? I canceled, I canceled about four or five gigs, you know what I mean? Those were key, I think in helping not spread it, you know? So I think, I think there would have been a lot more people in Salt Lake that were sick, uh, in park city that were sick because those rooms that I was going to play in were so condensed and humid. And, you know, I obviously had like a little bit of a cough, you know? (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah.
1: Damn, that's crazy, right? So they 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 were, I, they didn't like it. They didn't like that you canceled the gig. Obviously, they they had to figure something out. But it sounds like yeah. you saved you saved a lot of lives and stuff like that. Because who knows people's immune system? You really don't yeah. know your immune system until you get sick, right? You don't know if you can yeah. handle this shit until you get sick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. And everybody's kind of different on the spectrum because the fact that, you know, you have some people who obviously don't show any symptoms at all, kind of just get like a little bit of a cold with this virus and you have people like me who are kind of like in the middle where i got like a fever uh, like for a long time and i was just like very sick and then you know wasn't hospitalized and you have people who are hospitalized and then need to be put on oxygen then you have people who die unfortunately from the virus yeah um and so it's it, it's one of those things where you know what i mean there's like so much gray area with like the virus and what was known what was what was known what wasn't known the what wasn't knowns were just so uh big and sporadic that's kind of like what forced me into saying like okay i've got to cancel everything i've got to stay at home and i'm going to quarantine myself even though I, it seems like i have a, like a little bit of a common cold
1: what was what was your lowest of low during this
0: oh man it had to have been like after i went to davis hospital um i went to davis hospital go get uh it was actually probably during davis hospital and after davis hospital there was a point where before that point, I had uh, made myself a hazmat suit to take care of my dog because I heard the animals could contract the virus. Um, and so I had put her upstairs in a room. I had written notes in case like I had, uh, my fever was getting really high. So I would take, you know, a bunch of um, uh, a acetaminophen, kind of like a, a Dayquil, you know, whatever. And <laughs> I wrote notes all over my back porch because my back porch is separate from my front room. And I put my dog upstairs and I washed her in this uh, hazmat suit I made. I put her up there, um, I would give it, I would put the hazmat suit on, give her food and water, I'd wash the hazmat suit, everything like that. And I put notes, like, all around the house saying, like, oh, my dog is back here, I passed away. I'm in the, I'm in the front bedroom. Um, please take every precaution necessary. You know, please take care of my dog. And then when I went to Davis hospital, like, I mean, I had passed out like a few times. Um, while you're the in virus. the hospital? Well, uh, No, while, while, while I had the virus. And so I'd wake up and I would, you know, throw up. I wouldn't be able to get enough air back into my body, and then I would just like wake up on the bathroom floor. And from then on out, like I was just like, you know, okay. So I have to kind of think about uh, the people who are going to come pick uh, the people who are going to come, uh, come pick up my body. What's going to happen to my dog? I have to start thinking about like everything <laughs> else that's going on. So I essentially wrote out a will um, on my phone, and I. <laughs> Uh, put my dog upstairs um, and then I went to Davis hospital. I wrote a note that I could attach to uh, my window that said, Hey, like I might have COVID uh, please take every precaution to any officer or anybody else who was pulling over to check on me. <laughs> and uh, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Like I, so I went to the hospital, I felt terrible, but like after I left the hospital, like I, I felt like better. I kind of felt like this little window, you know, I just felt like, man, I feel pretty good. You know what I mean? I went home. My fever, my fever was a little bit lower. You know what I mean? And then my fever spiked again, like the next couple of days after that, but then it, you know, it kind of went away. But like that moment right there was probably pretty low. The fact that like you have to be on your own, you cannot have any contact with your family. You know, you get this virus, it's unknown to like what, how it works. And so it was one of those things where I was just like, you know, I have to play it as safe as possible. <laughs> and, uh, and separate myself from everybody make sure that nobody else gets sick you know what i mean check on everybody else that make sure that they don't get sick but i also have to prepare for my own uh demise you know what i mean on top of this because the fact that some people will rapidly go into uh you know uh, a crazy pneumonia or pre- people will rapidly go into like this crazy you know um coma or something like that you know what i mean like the virus was just kind of like working its way through me my blood pressure was really low too as well and so it was one of those things where like you know I thought kind of like at any minute, any minute, like it could get like really crazy, really dire. But I knew that I could not and I would not call an ambulance to my house. Yeah, you know I mean, that was just like out of the question for me because I didn't want any bills from the EMT service to get sick and get everybody else sick that went around. And so that was probably like the lowest point. And I actually went into my cupboard uh, during this entire time when I was very weak. I couldn't walk very well, and I took a bunch of canned soups out of my. Um, out of my cupboard over here and, uh, I'm just staring right at it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I took like about five or six of them and I put them next to my bed and I just started sipping on those, um, for a couple days cause I couldn't get up to heat my food. Um, I had to plan when I, when I went to the bathroom, like I had to be like, okay, like I have to get up and walk these five steps, you know what I mean? But I was so weak that like, you know, even that was like a chore. And so it was very, uh, very low at those points, you know, when I was writing up the will, uh, but I tried to tell everybody that I was okay, but I wasn't okay because I think a lot of people were kind of like starting to worry. Um, I keep my stories and my Instagram updated pretty often. And there was like a few days where there was nothing, you know, but I do have videos of myself with the disease. I do have videos myself, you know, with the hazmat suit that I made. I do have like a lot of, I, I documented a lot of the stuff, but there were some parts where I was just like, you know, um, I'm not like a negative person, but I'm always a kind of person that tries to handle negative situations as best as possible. Yeah. And so I just decided, you know, this is going to get real. This is sad. Sure. Um, But this is what I need to do uh, to be as responsible as I can before I before anything crazy happens. So
1: are you are you planning on releasing that that footage, like the whole documentation that you had during that time?
0: Uh, yeah, I could put out a couple videos here and there. I mean, mostly what you get is just me saying like I'm sick, you know, oh, I don't feel good. Uh, nothing too crazy like that. I do have pictures of the hazmat suit with my dog and everything and um, kind of like when I went to Davis Hospital. But I mean, for the most part, it's it's very vague. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. anything crazy. Like I wasn't like recording myself like dying or anything like yeah. that. So
1: I mean, essentially, you were. I mean, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, did you yeah. not have? Any, did you not have any friends or family around you that wanted to come try to help you out, or was that something that you just did not want as far as help goes?
0: Uh, my mom stopped by. She lives out in uh, Midville, um, so my mom was out in Midville, so she would stop by uh, like a couple times and give me some food and like water stuff like that, you know. Uh, some drinks and juices uh, my dad lives in Nashville Tennessee and so he's pretty far away so there's really no family or friends like kind of like around me but I did have some um, people from Inter Ogden stop by and bring me some food and uh, yeah, the health department actually came by because I, I I had told them early on like what was going on they said okay that's good you're quarantining you know and then like um, when they found out that I tested positive for COVID they were just like okay well we're going to bring you some soups and stuff like that you know um just in case because I, I i really don't have anybody at all you know what i mean anywhere and so it was like one of those things where like you know i i went to the store um kind of like uh before i got sick and uh i noticed that like you know there was like a lot of people there and i was just like yeah i don't want to go in the store right now you know what i mean i'm like you know there's people are going crazy right now buying toilet paper and everything and there was yeah. lines and i was just like yeah you know so i was like forget that i'll just go home and that's kind of you know what kind of ruined me with the food thing. So.
1: Yeah. Did yeah. Um, mom okay? Everybody that came by your house okay?
0: Yeah, everybody was okay. Uh, there was one uh, girl in Park City that I came into close close contact with and to the point where like, we, were sh- we were sharing food and drinks. Oh, shit. Yeah, before I got sick, and she didn't get it. And her uh, her boyfriend, who I hang out with pretty often, didn't get it. And my mom uh, stayed really far away from me. I, I was, like, practicing social distancing before anybody was. And I was just telling everybody to stay away from me, you know, like the Doordash would come by, like drop the food off right there. I'll come out and grab it, you know, those kinds of measures. And so I kept, uh, I kept a pretty good documentation of who and who didn't, um, you know, or who, who did not get the virus. And so there was a lot of people that I came into close contact with, uh, that I would, I would call it on the regular, like, how are you doing? How's it going? Where are you at? What's going on? And like, I'm at, I'm at home, I'm staying here for 15 days, you know, and a lot of people were actually, oh, uh, we're good. I'm so sorry about, that. yeah, a lot of people were actually okay with that. And so they were, um, they definitely, uh, you know, ended up being okay from the virus. And so I was happy that I didn't give it to anybody else. And I was happy that I canceled those gigs because I think, uh, a lot of the people I came in contact with actually do work for a lot of events too. And so this could have like bounced all over, like within a couple of days. Oh yeah. So
1: Take me through the uh, the process of act- the actual testing.
0: Uh man. So the testing is uh, kind of crazy. Like, uh, when I initially called and I, like, wasn't feeling too good, I called to see if I can get tested for COVID. And it was, like, almost something that was kind of, like, out of the question, you know. And so, like, I had to, like, wait, like, four or five days until, like, uh, Davis Hospital announced that so they're doing drive-through testing. But I didn't have the energy to, like, kind of, like, wake up and go do that. So I had to, like, you know – plan to go to the er but like obviously like i when i went in like i had i i actually built a different kind of like hazmat suit to go into the er it looked ridiculous like i had my mask my n95 respirator i had my goggles on i had my hood over myself you know what i mean i was zipped up with like a hoodie um i had like a different pair of pants on like i had my shoes that i had washed down with uh with um uh lysol wipes and everything like that and so i walked into uh Davis hospital without like you know. Any intention of giving anybody any kind of a virus, and so when I went in there, they were just like, okay, and I could barely write my name and everything, and they were just like, okay, let's get you tested for COVID. They brought me through. They took an X-ray of my lungs. They said, you know, you have um, like some spots in your lungs. It looks like you have pneumonia. And I was like, great, uh, because that's obviously like a bad sign when you have COVID. Like when you get the the, the pneumonia, like it, it's it's really downhill from there. And, uh, they came in, um, this guy was wearing like this, uh, this face shield, Like obviously he was like in those, one of those yellow, like, uh, hazmat suits or whatever. Yeah. He came, he came in pretty much gave me like, um, uh, a Q-tip up the nose with like a little bit of like uh, solution on it. And so he went back there, swabbed, put it in the container. And I guess they were supposed to call me like the next day or two days later. And so like, I didn't know if I had it or not. And I like waited like a couple days, a few days. And I guess they got my phone number wrong on the, uh, on the thing. And so like, like Davis hospital was like trying to call me, you know, and they were like, why isn't, and so Weber County, like uh, health department had to like pretty much like track me down and be like, Oh, this is where he is. This is who he is. This is his phone number. And so they were able to go through, I'm sure some routes to find out who I was, where I was, you know? so I got a call from, um, uh, the, the Weber Morgan health department and they pretty much told me, they said, um, so you tested positive for COVID, you know, I, uh, you need to uh, you need to, um, uh, kind of, uh, stay at home. You know what I mean? You, you need to stay at home for as long as you ha- you can, uh, like, until you feel better. And then, uh, three days after that, after you, after your like, your symptoms kind of start going away, then, we, then you can be released from isolation. So it was one of those things where like they set me up with a plan, you know what I mean? To kind of like stay at home. And I was like, okay, you know, that's obviously, you know, um, and that's obviously like what i gotta do and so i start I started like staying at home and everything like that and uh, i got I would get calls work health department like once in a while, just checking on me seeing how I was doing so
1: man that's crazy yeah that's a crazy process and like yeah, the, I feel like anything like your story is so it's not normal it's not like like typically if you get sick you get sick you go to the doctor they tell you, you got it, and then they tell you to quarantine right but you had like yeah. You're a DJ, so you're around a bunch of fucking people anyway, so you don't want to get anybody sick, so you're taking the right precautions. You got people being mad at you that's potentially messing up money down the line. Um, You know, you got people uh, really not taking it serious. How do you feel about people not taking it serious?
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot of anxieties and misunderstanding about what's going on in the world. So for For the most part, like, I don't blame them at all. It's one of those things where, you know, like I... I understand that, you know, like a lot of people think that they know something and maybe it's different, you know, and I don't chastise anybody for being wrong or making mistakes. It's just one of those things that a lot of people do. Um, But it's good to have kind of like a, it's good to have kind of like a sense of uh, critical thinking in this time, you know what I mean? So uh, for a lot of people who are mad at me and upset at me, like I just told myself, like, this is what's going on. And then, like, obviously, like, I wasn't trying to, like, slam it in their face. Like, hey, I got COVID, you know, and, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it was, like, uh, so I did. I was diagnosed with coronavirus. I'm so sorry about the event. Um, this is what happened. Uh, one of the guys uh, paid me still. He was just, like, dude, here's, here's the money. Uh, thank you for not showing up. We didn't hire anybody. And, you know, all this is going on right now because I think, like, that next week is, like, when it started getting kind of crazy wow. everywhere, you know what I mean? So yeah. he was like, yeah, like, you know, thank you so much. And so he gave me, he still paid me on top of that. But there is just, you know, one of those things that, like, I think with the question that you asked, uh, that's going to kind of change the way people perceive people who are sick, I think, from now on. I think that even the flu virus is going to kind of like, you're, you're going to see, you're, you're going to start to see less case, cases of the flu. And the common cold within the next like five to ten years after this is all over, just because of the fact that people are starting to take more precautions than they ever were before, um, and so uh, in regards to your question, you know, I, 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 you know, I think that, you know, people are upset now, but like in the future, it's gonna, it's gonna better, uh, better prepare them. Yeah. So,
1: working in the club, I mean, you can, you can attest to this. It's a disgusting place, right? Bunch yeah. of sweat everywhere and things like that. How do you think this this changes the way clubs and bars handle their business?
0: Um, you know, uh, for better or for worse, you know what I mean. Especially with the people who I work with and uh, the way clubs are run, I've always been uh, a key advocate for uh, safety in the nightlife scene, um, especially when it comes to uh, cleanliness and. Um, you know, all kinds of things, you know what I mean, that could happen, you know what I mean, to customers, bartenders, you know, DJs, things like that. And so, I mean, uh, like, you know, the, the the club is like, you know, definitely like a, a place where like a lot of people come and they dance and there's fights and things like that, like <laughs> everywhere fights. you go, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I think that it's important to maybe kind of like uh, tell people, you know, like if you're sick, if you're not feeling well, even in the future, you know what I mean, coming to the club, you know, having like a well-ventilated area, maybe you know what I mean. Obviously, face masks might still be a thing. Like maybe in like six or seven months, you know. Um, I think it's a very good thing to the, you know kind of like go over some uh, some rules and maybe like set some standards for a lot of these places that um, have a lot of people. You know what I mean. So,
1: I wonder if they're if they're gonna be like you know how like um, uh, fire extinguishers are mandatory in any business. And there's a certain amount that you have to have. And, you know, there's a certain amount. Sorry, I have a train going by. Um, There's a certain um, there's a certain amount of, um, uh, you know, people that you can have in in an establishment. I wonder if that's going to change to where, like, you have to have per 200 people, you have to have three different sanitation areas. Right. Or something like that. Like, I wonder what that looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't know yet because of the fact that, like, we haven't started anything back up yet. But I would imagine that, like, I mean, the responsibility lies within the club owners uh, to do their part. Um, I've seen some pretty disgusting things. I'm not going to name nightclubs uh, because the fact that, like, you know, a lot of people probably get mad at me and say, like, oh, that's not the case, you know. But it really really was the case. So I've been at several nightclubs in downtown Salt Lake where I saw some really disgusting things that were – quite disturbing on a few occasions um, that would violate so many health and safety standards. You know what I mean? Uh, Same in park city, you know, everywhere you go, I would say, but like, I have been to Salt Lake and I was just like, you know, this is pretty bad. You know what I mean? And I don't know like why they're letting people in this bathroom right now kind of thing. You know, I don't know why i food in this time, you know, and I don't own a nightclub. I don't, I don't, I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I do work at them, but like, uh, for the most part, like I was just like, this is a little bit too much you know what i mean and maybe i could see like in the future maybe like letting less people in the club kind of giving like people like you know a little bit more of a distance you know what i mean but at the same time i mean like a lot of people didn't want to lose money i think that's kind of what hurt a lot of people is because they didn't want to shut down their establishment soon enough i think if we would have shut everything down like even way before this happened in quarantine like maybe like the one thousand people that were sick in America,
1: yeah, you
0: know, and I, I got everybody tested. I think we would have saved more money in the long run than trying to save money than trying to earn money while, you know, keeping your club open. You know what I mean? So I think that that's going to kind of resonate with a lot of club owners. Is like, so if somebody's sick now, if there's a situation here or a situation there, it's definitely going to be handled a lot differently. Hopefully, I hopefully it's handled a lot differently. You know what I mean? But you know, for, for uh, from the times before, I've seen, I've seen things that were pretty pretty crazy you know
1: so yeah i think a lot of us have a lot of us djs have seen things that we don't agree with and we're like "Ooh, that's probably not the best thing like aside from even cleanliness just business in general and things like that yeah um but you know with that you know obviously when there's a loss of income how are you holding up
0: uh i'm doing pretty good i actually (laughs) i'm actually like an advocate for saving money um and so for the most part i mean like uh DJing is something that like kind of brings in maybe like 30,000 to 32,000 a year. Um, if I work really hard at it, I could probably like make around 50, you know, but I don't need to make like more than a certain amount every year. Uh, so I, I do save a lot of money and I do have like a lot, uh, put aside. And so it's, it's not like a, uh, like a big necessity for me to like, you know, say, you know, Oh my gosh, like I'm suffering so much. Like, you know, this is bad. Like I, I can afford food like every week for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. I can pay my electric bill. I can pay my water bill. My house is paid off. You know, I don't have to worry about those kinds of things, but that doesn't say much for the other DJs in the community who are struggling. You know what I mean? A lot of people um, who DJ for a living, you know, they probably won't be able to make their rents. They probably won't be able to, you know, get some food, you know, maybe they're sick, maybe they can't afford health care. you know? And so I think like a lot of people, especially like uh, throughout the nightlife circuit are going to be struggling a lot just because the fact that, so many of us depend off of that um off that income you know what I mean and yeah. so that's a a key fast uh, like a key like thing for a lot of people you know what I mean so
1: yeah definitely yeah man um I appreciate your time bro like to yeah. know that somebody that I know got the you're the only person that I know has been uh diagnosed with this this virus and so yeah. I think it's important to tell your story and let people know like one, what the symptoms are, what's the impact of, of, uh, you know, trying to keep your distance from people and, you know, things like that. So I appreciate you telling your story and uh, I'm glad to see that you're in good health now.
0: Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. I mean, um, thank you for letting me share my story, you know, and, uh, I think the last time I talked to you was like seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long.
1: It was definitely at the Century Club.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was like seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I was going to ask you though, when you were you were you down and sick when the earthquake hit?
0: Yes, and uh, I've been through a lot of earthquakes in my life. Believe it or not, I've been through tornadoes in Tennessee. I've uh, uh, I've experienced uh, uh, rapid flooding. I've so I've been through a lot of crazy disasters. Uh, in my life. And my house that I live in is 120 years old. Oh shit. And so, yeah. And so I'm remodeling it. So like, obviously there's like things everywhere. And I, I, I wake up cause like I, I was sick actually. Like I had a really bad fever and I woke up in the morning time before the earthquake even hit, I think it was around like six 30, uh, six I woke up, but I was kind of like walking around and then all of a sudden, like things upstairs started falling down, like a bunch of like scaffolding I had up there and um, things like we kind of like the house is all moving, and I looked outside. I looked at the power lines, and power lines are moving. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, we are having an earthquake. And I I just got out of Los Angeles, and we had two out there, two big ones during the summertime. And so I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? We're having a fucking <laughs> earthquake right now! Like, I'm da- like what's going to kill me?" You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and this is this. So I mean, you're going to get like an exclu- an, ex- an exclusive story uh, on top of this too. Uh, just because I haven't told anybody this and uh, it's kind of embarrassing (laughs) so (laughs) we actually had a second earthquake and I felt it just as strong as the uh, first one because there was that one in Idaho yeah I live pretty I live actually pretty close to Idaho so I'm like right there next to uh, Malad I'm probably like about 40 minutes away and uh, so I'm sitting at home and I have like a slight like peanut allergy nothing crazy like I could eat peanut butter or whatever you know what I mean So I'm drinking this coffee and like I start getting like a hoarse voice, you know, and I I feel like I can't breathe. I'm coughing and I'm like so scared. I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, the virus is coming back. And so, like, obviously, like I start breathing like heavily, you know what I mean? I start having an anxiety attack and I'm like, holy fucking shit, like I'm getting sick again. (laughs) What the fuck? And I'm like, I'm checking my temperature. My temperature is like high because I'm running around my house. It's like it's like a little bit high. It's like it's like it's like uh, 37.1 Celsius, which is like 98.9, which is ridiculous yeah. like that's like a normal temperature yeah and so i'm like oh my god like my body's heating up and so i went in the bathroom and i do this thing like where like i stare at myself in the mirror like i'll get drunk you know I'll be like you're okay you know? <laughs> so like you know like i like looked in the mirror and like i put my hands down and i was like i was like you're you're, you're gonna be fucking okay and then all of a sudden like like i started doing this <laughs> and i was like oh my god like, I'm, 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 I'm getting fucking sick again so I get in my car and oh, I, fucking, I drive to the ER and I like, I'm, I'm putting on my hazmat suit. And I, get and, you know, and <laughs> I get in there and all the symptoms are back. Like I got my feet, like I can just feel it for some reason. Like my body like gave me everything back with the anxiety attack I was having. So I go to the ER or like lay down. I'm like, Oh, oh I'm so sick. And then like, they fucking like, check me out. They're like, actually like your lungs are cleared up. Uh, your blood pressure is normal. Your oxygen intake is incredible. Um, all of your blood work, blood work looks amazing, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." And so, like, I got up and I I felt good, and I was like, "Oh, well, (laughs) whatever," you know. And so, like, I walked out of the hospital, like, kind of limping a little bit to make everybody think like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like it was serious, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I walked out like, oh, and then like I just like once I got out of the ER, like I just like walked straight to my car, you know, skipping around. (laughs) <laughs> I get I get back home, you know. I get on my phone or whatever. I have an app from the USGS or whatever that tells me when earthquakes are happening. And sure as shit, dude. Like when I was looking at myself in the mirror, telling myself I was going to be okay. That's when that fucking earthquake hit. <laughs> and the Idaho the one, shit. the six point
1: five.
0: Yeah, the oh, one in Idaho. Yeah. So damn. my house is like moving, and I thought that was just me getting dizzy. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> mine's playing tricks on you. That's funny as shit.
0: Dude, yeah, I I, 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 fucking, I'm an idiot, dude. I went to the ER and just wasted like everybody's time. Well, I'm
1: more thinking about that bill.
0: I'm like, shit,
1: that's another bill.
0: Oh yeah, so I, I I, I've always had pretty good health insurance just because, like, uh, I got diagnosed with a brain tumor back in 2017. And so, I remember. Yeah, I've been on top of my health insurance like crazy, and so that's that, that's one of the key things that I got to just keep up on, and so. Luckily I have good good insurance, you know what I mean? And yeah. A, a lot of the bills I'm getting aren't aren't that bad. Um, but unfortunately my health care my health insurance is, is is a lot, you know. So,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have a do you have any new projects coming out or anything we should look forward to?
0: You would think like after I became famous after coronavirus, I'd like drop a mixtape or Yeah, call there, or it right? the Rona or <laughs> something.
1: You gotta call it something like that, right? I survived yeah. Rona or something. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Sick Tape series. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> The Sick Tape series. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Like, um, I work on things once in a while. Uh, I did release an album. It was kind of like a, uh, like um, an homage to like synthwave and like movie theater sounds and like you know, driving your car. Uh, like, a, so it was kind of like a hot rod esque album that I produced. Um, and so I released that. But like, I've been trying to like work on more like synthwave stuff and like vocals and like, you know, kind of like a different sound. I don't know what I would call myself. It's it's definitely not like a a hip hop kind of bass thing. It kind of is. I don't know. But like, <laughs> you know, it's it, the thought process into creating for me is like, I really have to think about something that gets me motivated to work on it. And so when I become inspired enough to like think of a really good structure, then I could kind of start building things on top of that. Because everything I make, I want to make sure that it's like timeless for people to enjoy uh throughout time and through uh the future like you could you could put the cd in now or you could put it in 10 years yeah. and it would be something that people enjoy and they get inspired by you know so i have been working on like a lot of like um uh instrumentals stuff like that but i think i'm going to step it up like into something very very professional uh for a lot of people you know a lot of like you know maybe like collaborations uh It's kind of hard to gauge, you know what I mean? Just because the fact that like I'm kind of slipping away, like I still scratch, I still cut, I still do those aspects when I'm DJing, but I think for the most part, um, my performance value is going to change more into like production, live production and things like that. I definitely want to entertain people on a different front just because there's like a lot more venues I can explore. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that you're you're taking your creative mind and I think you're exploring more. So that's oh. that's dope to see.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I seen your. I've been seeing your. Uh, uh, I don't know if they're TikToks, but where you're making the the song out of out of just shit around your house and your you know your car, your jeep and shit. <laughs> I was like, okay, look at look at Battleship out here making shit.
0: Yeah, I've uh, been doing those. Uh, I I don't have a TikTok at all. Uh, a lot of people wanted me to get one, but I'm just not like you know, a cute teen, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a 20, 19 year old girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't like shake my booty and I don't know. I don't think I'd be successful on TikTok. I was actually pretty good on buying, but I actually make those videos in Ableton. I um, pretty much go around, uh, just used to. They, they, they take me like 30 minutes to make and uh, I just kind of go around my house and just kind of like get bored and do those kinds of things or whatever. And those are fun for me, and uh, a lot of people actually ask me questions on how I make those, and so it's fun explaining the process to people who are, like, inspired by those kinds of things, because I think a good rule of thumb for working on something is having fun with it, because then you get more creative. Oh, yeah. So,
1: That's what yeah. this whole thing is. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen some of my podcasts, but it started off with something really small, and then I just, just was like, yo, what if I added this, or what if I put a layer over here? You know I mean? What what would... What can I do with the technology I have? Can I FaceTime while having my mic on, right? Like, there's so many different things that I try to add on, so I can definitely relate to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And uh, there's, like, uh, you know, a world of possibilities, especially, like, you know, through videos and, you know, through uh, film and through art and different kinds of mediums that, you know, a lot of people should definitely approach because that's how things get better is, like, through trial and error, you Mm -hmm. know? and uh people can criticize those things on top of that too and it makes it better for a lot of people to recognize that you know maybe i should step it up next time or yeah that's a good idea you know so it does it does really create like a really good avenue for a lot of uh, creativity
1: other than fixing up your house how are you passing the time by
0: so I haven't told anybody this either. You're getting like the exclusive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually, so this is kind of crazy. I was working at a food truck in Los Angeles. I worked at a couple of them. Um, I was driving food trucks around all over LA and I was like, yeah, selling one that was selling pizzas. I was doing like, um, uh, uh, fried chicken sandwiches. I was doing gumbo for a little bit. I was doing, uh, uh, dessert, a, a dessert truck. And so I, I become inspired like a long time ago with the food truck culture and food in general, but I'd never really known like how to, you know, build something from that because of the fact that like, you know, I, I, I don't know like certain dynamics, you know what I mean? So I decided like, you know, why don't I build a pizza oven? And so I've actually been building a pizza oven in my backyard, a big wood fire pizza oven.
1: Nice. And
0: that's one of the things I'm going to do to pass time. I mean, cause I don't know like when we're going to be back to work for, with DJing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to ever be the same on top of that. You know, it's hard to say. And so I decided to build this huge wood fire uh, pizza oven in, in hopes to sell garlic bread and like little, little pizzas. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Building that, uh, taking care of my dog, remodeling my house. Um, I have been exercising a lot more lately just because there's nothing else to do. You know? yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That's one of the, Yeah. Um, so.
1: Is is your is your oven is it like a brick oven? I know you said wood fire. How like how is it structured?
0: So it has a metal frame. It's pretty big, um, and it's out in the yard right now. Uh, it's kind of like a metal frame kind of looking thing, but it will be uh, a cement uh, vermiculite um, brick oven, uh, like uh, one one that has like a little fire in the back, and then obviously the pizzas get rotated inside. So it's going to be like a large scale restaurant style pizza oven but it's going to be built out of uh, brick and mortar, you know, and then it's going to be able to, you know, uh, supply a ton of garlic bread, you know, cuz I actually live on commercial property out here in uh in uh close to Ogden. And so, I could actually start a business, open up a little, a little shop here. But I'm just going to start with the basics, you know, the garlic, the garlic bread thing is just kind of like a good medium for me to gauge what I'm capable of, you know what I mean? Yeah. So,
1: that's exciting. Do you have a do you, I know it's something that you're working on piece by piece, but do you have like a a date that you want this thing done? Do you want it done before summer, end of summer, before winter?
0: Uh, Definitely um, before summer. So I'm looking at a finish date before uh, like May 15th. Dope. And so, yeah. So I'm definitely going to like be working on a lot like uh, the next couple weeks or whatever. And so I've got everything I really need. Uh, I've looked up a bunch of videos. I've taken a bunch of measurements. I've just done like a ton of work on it. And so I'm definitely trying to do it the right way so that, like, um, I don't have to go back and fix anything. But it's definitely going to, like, be, like, a, a mid-May done project. So, like, I could probably do, like, a successful launch uh, by June. And so – but it's just going to be, like – it's going to be, like, 3 to $5 garlic bread. So you come in. Like, I made you, like, this garlic bread. It's sliced into, like, five sections, uh, a little side of marinara, and then, you know, get the fuck out. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are we gonna what
1: what are you gonna call it
0: i don't know i mean i it seems kind of uh it seems kind of stupid but like my friend's like dude like you have an italian name antonio's garlic bread would be perfect and i'm like fuck like i would attract so many people who think they're italian you know yeah for real it's true i don't know well i mean one of the things i noticed is like italian people are just uh you know, all over the city and it, 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 in Salt Lake, you know, the restaurants are like incredible. They're amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely not like on like the spectrum of they are, but like, I definitely think that, you know, garlic bread's kind of like a universal thing for a lot of people. And so I'm not trying to like front on being Italian. So I don't know, like Antonio's pizzeria or Antonio's garlic bread sounds like, Oh yeah, this guy might be like and I, I kind of I kind of had that complexion, you know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit, so people are like, "Oh, hey, like, you know." So, I don't want to mislead anybody. So, I might I might just uh stick to like Cruz's garlic bread. Let this shit something. grow in
1: a little bit more so you can like, yeah. Oh no, yeah. It's coming out. Yeah. It's a pizza. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that man. was problematic. They're going to kill me for saying that.
0: Oh no,
1: it's okay. Man, this, well this,
0: this, is, this is our reparations. Yeah, for real, right?
1: <laughs> Man, I, I, pre- I, I appreciate all the insight, man. I'm good. I'm really glad to see you doing well uh, in, yeah. and being healthy. Uh, I'm glad to see the people around you are healthy. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to quarantine. So uh, hopefully we can get on the phone again soon and uh, yeah. chop it
0: up. Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, keep me updated with a bunch of stuff too, and let me know what's going on. So we'll do. Where
1: can the people catch you at?
0: Oh man, uh, DJ Battleship Instagram is like probably the best. Uh, you're going to get out of the, out of anything. I've always been like an Instagram person. Um, seems to be like the best medium to, to contact me and to get work and stuff. So
1: yeah. Awesome. Cool, brother. Well, take care, wash those hands and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. Later. Uh, talk to you later.